this morning. I believe God wants to encourage this church with a word today. Aren't you glad to be a part of God's church? Amen. Psalm 139, I'm going to read verse 1 and then 23 and 24. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. For just a few moments of your time, I want to preach what the Lord has given me. It's simply this. Our infinite God knows us intimately. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, you are the living word. I ask now that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, speaking both your logos and your rima to your church. Open our understanding that we might comprehend the scripture. Cause every hindrance to be rebuked and cast out and bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we pray and ask and believe and expect this in the matchless name of Jesus. And would you say amen? You may be seated. The Lord bless you. Every reputable scholar rates Psalm 139 as one of the most beautifully written psalms. Opinions abound as to its actual genre, but they all agree on its theological beauty. David writes Psalm 139 from the limitations of humanity in an attempt to describe the illimitable nature of Almighty God. He addresses the chief musician telling us that this is a song that the Levitical choir would sing unto the Lord. There are four main points from Psalm 139 that highlight the absolute authority of Almighty God. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent, He is omnipresent, and He is supremely sovereign. And each of them, and within each of them, they reveal that our infinite God knows us and loves us intimately. When Solomon dedicated the temple, he said, The heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain God. So, any attempt to describe God from a finite perspective is not only challenging, but nearly impossible. But allow me to try anyway. Jesus Christ is the only one worthy to be qualified to be our all-sufficient Savior. He's endurably strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast he's impartially merciful merciful and he is immutably eternal do you know that jesus is worthy of the highest praise you see he supplies strength for the weak he heals 
the sick. He raises the dead. He opens blind eyes. He unstops deaf ears. He makes the lame leap and the mute to speak and forgives all iniquity. The heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain Him, let alone a man explain Him. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. And He's illimitable. You can't get Him off your mind. You can't get Him off your hands. You can't outlive Him. And you can't live without Him. Does anybody know that Jesus is worthy of the highest praise? Jesus Christ is the dearest and the greatest and the highest and the loftiest and the kindest. He is the superlative wonder from everlasting to everlasting. The religious leaders couldn't stand Him, but they found out that they couldn't stop Him. The Herod couldn't kill Him and Pilate couldn't find any fault in Him and death couldn't have Him and the grave couldn't hold Him. When I was down, Jesus picked me up when I was lost Jesus found me when sin broke me Jesus mended me when I was hurting Jesus healed me when others rejected me Jesus accepted me when my enemies hated me Jesus loved me while I was a sinner Jesus Christ died for me I'm telling you, He's worthy of the highest praise regardless of who I am or what I've done or where I've been or my present circumstances. He became my sin so that I could become His righteousness. Do you know He's worthy of the highest praise? He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the roadway to righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway to glory. He's the pathway to peace. I'm talking about the infinite God that knows us intimately. Whatever you have need of, no matter how vast it is from somebody else's need, no matter how great or small we might measure it, God knows every need. God loves everyone in this room listening on this broadcast and across the entire globe. He cares and He loves. He knows Everything. He is omniscient. I, I want to focus your attention on verse 5 of this psalm real quick. For the for past few months, God showed me something about, I think, three months ago. I showed it again, I think, last week or maybe the week before. But when I was studying for this message and I saw this, God showed it to me again. Now, I will tell you, there have been a few times... When I say a few, maybe on one hand, maybe half of the other, but no more than two hands, have I told the praise team to sing a song. But time and again, songs that are chosen fit what God is saying and doing. And this morning, there was a song about His right hand, right? Upholding us and you know, fighting for us and all this. The Lord showed me something. Verse 5, you have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand on me. AJ and Jeff, I need you real quick. Isaac and Connor, I need you real quick. I'm going to show you this again. I've been showing this. I need you two in front facing that way. 
Side by side. There you go. I need you two side by side facing me and them. There you go. I've been showing this. You've been seeing this, but, but I want to make it even more abundantly clear. John 1 says that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. In other words, grace and truth goes before us. Everywhere I'm about to go, grace and truth has already made the way. Oh. But Psalm 23 says that goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. But watch this. you got to see this. Brother Wes, can I borrow you real quick? I need you to stand in the middle real quick. Because Psalm 139 adds a dimension. Now, you will notice, if you know it, you keep looking forward there, AJ. You're leading, brother. Grace and truth leads. Watch this. This is also a depiction of the Ark of the Covenant. Because two priests would be out front and two priests would be in the back and they would have the poles on their shoulders and the Ark of the Covenant was carried in the middle. And we now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Ah, We now are the Holy of Holies where the Ark... But Psalm 139 adds a dimension. It's up there. Look at this. You have hedged me behind and before. Watch this. And laid your hand on me. Now... Hedged means he's all around. Now, I can only be in one place at one time. But, but God is all around. Are you, are you seeing this? And he lays his hand. Oh, my Lord. So God wants somebody to know today. There's no place you've been. But what grace and truth hasn't already gone. There's no place you'll go. But what mercy and goodness won't follow you. And... Every step of the way, His hand is upon you. Start walking. Amen. Every step you take, His hand is upon you. His hand is right there with you. Grace and truth is leading. His hand is on you. Goodness and mercy. But watch this. At the same time, He's hedging you in all around. There's angels all the way around you. The whole time you're moving through whatever it is. You're moving through. I'm talking about our infinite God knows us intimately that means if an attack comes he's there hedging us in he can stop it that means if the enemy tries to do something his hand is on our head do you see it I want you to get this logged in your mind it's on the video now I think Colin was taking some pictures so thank you gentlemen get it in your mind Save the pictures to your phone. Do what you got to do. Highlight this verse. And remember the next time you're going through something. That the infinite God. Who knows everything. Who is omniscient. Knows us. And knows us completely. I said last week. He will perfect that which concerns me. And he knows everybody's needs. Are you seeing just how powerful. Our God really is. So let me just speak to something here. Please don't raise your hand. But I guarantee you, everybody in this room at one point or another have said, I'm all alone. Well, I just read to you a verse that proves otherwise. You're not. 
He goes before you. He goes behind you. His hand is on you. And he's hedging you in. Even in the bad times. Hmm. Do you see it? Do you get it? Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. God is always present. Verses 7 through um, 12 illustrate this. I, I, I want to just read them real quick here. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? See, <laughs> oh, we sometimes think we can hide from God as if. We can't. But he's not talking about that. He's not talking about a sinful way. What he's saying here is, is there really any place you can go that God isn't? I mean, really, truthfully, think about it. And so as best as possible from a finite mind, he begins to put it into words that we might be able to frame, reference, and context. He says, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell... Behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the innermost part of the sea, even your hand shall lead me. There it is again, your hand. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Wait a minute. Did you just see that? Even in your darkness, it's going to be light. See, we're all afraid. We're all, oh God, it's dark. Even the darkness shall be light unto me. Why? Because he's with you. There's nowhere you can go that God isn't. There's no place that you've been that God has not been with you. And there's no place you will go where God will not be with you. Hallelujah. Indeed, the dark, verse 12, indeed the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. We also know Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He then said, as long as I am in the world, I'm the light of the world. And then he said, you, his church, are the light of the world. But he also said this, according to John. John records this, that the light or the darkness cannot comprehend the darkness, which means cannot extinguish it or overcome it. Ah, hallelujah. It's not just a physical reality where darkness and light are not the opposites of each other. It's the fact that when God steps onto the scene, he is the majority. Oh, my God. When God steps into your darkness, light, light comes in and darkness has to bow in obeisance and sub oh I wish you would hear what I'm saying hallelujah even the darkness is the same to you he's omnipresent he's always there always hallelujah are you thankful for that today hallelujah well God loves us unconditionally and his love is omnipotent you say well how can you talk about love and power well because love is power his love overcame the power of darkness colossians says he delivered us from uh, the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son why because of his love and in verses 17 and 18 david again mentions the vastness of god's knowledge how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in the number than the sand. When I awake, watch this, I am still with you. David does something here that's interesting. And when I read this, God spoke to me and said, make sure 
my people hear it. When I awake, I am still with you. Not you are still with me. I am still with you. You is God here. It's, this is the New King James, so the you is capital Y. It's indicating God. I think the King James might say thou or thee. So what he's saying here is when I'm awake, I'm still with God. Oh. Okay, all right, watch this. Some people have, have been wondering if God still loves you. So, some people have been wondering, uh, you know, is he still with you? I want you to look at those words again. When I am awake, I am still with you. First of all, that tells me God will never leave us nor forsake us. That's what his word says. So what it's saying is this. The enemy has been lying to some of you saying, you're not worthy. God don't love you. You did this and that. You said thus and so. You're unworthy. And some of you have started to believe it. But if you'll identify that lie, and if you'll take it captive, and take your thoughts captive, uh-huh, I ain't going to listen to that devil. You're a liar and a father of. When I'm awake, I'm still with God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Make it personal. Make this your words today. When I wake, I'm still with God. God hasn't left me, and I haven't left God. I've not been banned from His presence. I'm still with Him, and He's still with me. Hear me. Nothing can conquer God's omnipotent love for you. He loved you before you were born. He loved you through your pain, your sin, and your misery. He loved you while we were yet sinners. And if that doesn't prove His un Unconditional, omnipotent love. I don't know what does. And so tomorrow morning, when your alarm goes off and you get up, I dare you to say, when I awake, I am still with you. Come on, let the, let the enemy know loud and clear. I belong to Jesus. I don't belong to my past. I don't belong to what you say about me, devil. I don't belong to anything you're trying to bring against me. That's under the blood, and you can't go there. Amen. I am still with you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God loves us and judges us righteously. Amen. David opens Psalm 139. In the past tense. Listen to what he says in verse 1. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. That's past tense. It's, you've already done it. But when he closes the psalm, he closes it in the present tense. Search me, O oh God, verse 23, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, David has, has, has concluded this final part, this, this final part. He's talked about verse 19 and, and, and 20, 21 and 22. He's, he's talked about the enemy of God, how he hates them with a perfect hatred. How that he hates them that the Lord would hate. He says for them to depart from. He wants nothing to do with them. It, it parallels Psalm 1 where he doesn't even want to associate or accompany himself with them. 
And so, even though God had already known him and searched him, he again says, God, do it again. Because I don't want to be wicked. I don't want to fall into the trap of sin. I don't want pride to get a hold of me. I don't want manipulation to get a hold of me. I don't want any other evil spirit to get a hold of me that I might lose where I'm at with you, God. You see, I think sometimes it's easy for us to get caught up in who God is, to get excited about what God does, and think that because we felt a goosebump or two, we're good. No, I want to make sure God's here. Open up my heart. Search me. You see, Jesus Christ knows us thoroughly, is always with us, loves us unconditionally, and judges us righteously. He is the perfect fulfillment of Psalm 139. Indeed, Jesus Christ is the one true God. I'm asking the praise team to come back. They're going to sing what they ended with for our set today. I still remember. And, and as they sing it, I want you to go back, whether it's been one week, two weeks, 10 years, 40 years, whatever. I want you to go back to the day, the night, the time, the place where Jesus got a hold of your life. If it's in this church, great. If it's in another church, great. If it was at a camp or, or if it was in your home. I know one of you, I think Sister Brittany, you got the Holy Ghost in your home, right? Where are you, Sister Brittany? I saw you somewhere. There you are. Sorry, my glasses are on. You're blurry. So, you know, so whether it was in your home, whether you were a teenager, a child, or an adult, I want you to begin to remember. I want you to begin to remember where Jesus brought you from. I want you to begin to remember what he brought you out of. Is that all right? And I want you to pray like this, Lord, search me. If there's something in me that needs to come out today, let it come out. I'm reaching for some souls today. I started this message hot and heavy and, you know, you know like an like a F-15, you know, screaming eagle, you know. But, but I'm ending it a little bit differently because, you know why? Pastor Lucas... I want to be ready. I don't just want to have a few goosebumps and say, whoo, that felt good, and he's the powerful God, he's all that and this, and woo, let's go get a steak. <laughs> no, I want to say, God, turn the searchlight on, because if there's something in me, if there's some little bitterness or wickedness or something, that, if, 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 I've, if I've gossiped like Pastor Trevor talked about, if I've, if I've done some of those things, oh God, cleanse me today so that way I can walk in the way of everlasting life. You see, at the end of it, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And people will ask the question, they'll say, how can a loving God send people to a devil's hell? Well, that's really the wrong way to ask the question. Let me reframe it for you in the right way. How can anybody choose hell over a loving God? Yes, He's righteous. And yes, He will keep His word. And yes, if our names are not written there, He'll say to us, I never knew you. But it would be because we chose to reject. Oh, God. 
Oh God, search my heart today, Lord. I want to remember where you brought me from, not just to mark a date on the calendar somewhere, but I want to remember it so that that experience stays fresh and stays new. So that I understand you as an infinite God who is hard to explain, knows me and loves me and cares for me and saves me intimately. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see, O oh God, if there's any, any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting.